EA Sports. It's in the game. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's images or some of your oldest memories. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. And your biggest heartbreaks. This is college football. It's tradition, pageantry, and intensity. You can visit every school in the country and never see the same thing twice. It's the option at Georgia Tech, the pistol at Nevada, and the spread no huddle. It's Howard's Rock, the smoke in Miami, and every Saturday, you tap that sign. This is what makes college football special. This is why your school is more than who you root for. It's who you are. The wait is over. College football is here. Sports have always been a part of my life. Early on when I was a kid, I noticed my uncle was into basketball and collected many baseball cards as well as basketball. I remember always calling the Green Bay Packers the Green Bean Packers until I was old enough to notice that I had been saying it wrong my whole life up to that point. My family and most relatives were huge New England Patriots fans and supported most of the Boston professional sports teams. See, I was born in Maine and then I moved down to Alabama with my family in the early 2000s. The NFL was more popular to the people I knew growing up and especially in my surroundings compared to college sports. Up to that point, I knew about football and other sports, but I was more focused on superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, and video games like Super Mario Brothers and other non-sports related titles. But once we moved to the South, it was apparent that college football and football in general was taken to a whole other level of fandom and appreciation. I remember when my family moved down, one of the first things that we were asked to do was to pick between Alabama and Auburn. Kids at school seemed to be super excited come fall time due to football being in the air, whether it was high school ball, whether it was college, or even pros. But these kids were raised on college football Saturdays, and I was raised on Saturday morning cartoons. See, the passion even when I was young was noticeable, but it was exciting. Though I had little knowledge at the time about how football was even played, it was hard to ignore the excitement in the air each and every week. It wasn't just in school though, it was all over town. Every Saturday felt like a huge event was about to take place. People would get together and spend all day enjoying the action on the television screen while also enjoying good food and company. When they say football is a religion in the South, it's hard to argue. 
Besides playing football in eighth grade though, and into high school, up to those moments I had little to no experience personally knowing much about the details and the history of not only football as a sport, but especially college football. It's true when they say that college ball is way more popular than the NFL here in the South. At least that's my opinion. People will argue that it is because of the long standing school and family traditions here. Some will say that college players play like they have something to prove and for the love of the game still. Others will say it's just more enjoyable to watch them pro. Either way, the passion for college football is obvious and I dare say contagious in certain places all over the world and all around the country. Besides sports playing an active role in my life, so do video games. Now, as my interest in football grew, so did my interest in any football video games or sports games in general. I had picked up Madden NFL over the years to play as the New England Patriots, and also due to the fact that my best friend would pick up NCAA football, the college football version of Madden each year. He owned a PlayStation 2, while I was always an owner of Nintendo gaming systems up to that point. NCAA 05 or 2005 was the last college football game on the Nintendo GameCube. So beyond that game and time, I would always rely on him picking up NCAA so that we could play together when we hung out either after school or on the weekends. I don't think I owned a copy of NCAA until I owned an Xbox 360. So most of my memories with any NCAA football game before when I owned an Xbox 360, uh, those memories came mostly with friends because they would prefer college ball over pro. That was their football game of choice, NCAA. Everybody had a team, a school that they and their family went for and rooted for. Hours, and I mean hours, of countless head-to-head matchups, face-to-face with friends were some of the best times I've had playing video games with friends, or really just anybody. We would watch each other go up against our favorite teams and enjoy the most epic matchups and just revel in what would take place. Those football games and times with friends mean the world to me. Those games in a lot of ways taught me about the game of football. So every July since I was young, me and my friends would look forward to the yearly release of NCAA Football by EA Sports. Excitement over who was going to be the new cover athlete, the upgraded graphics each year, and the new gameplay features and mechanics that were added to each version of the game were enough to cause sleepless nights once we finally got our hands on a copy of the game. At the time of this recording though, it is July 9th, 2020. Seven years ago, we got our last version of this beloved video game series. NCAA Football 14 was released in 2013 on the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. I wonder how many of us knew that it would and could be the last one that we would get. This episode is going to be about the history of the NCAA football video games, why there is no longer any NCAA football video games being made, 
and yes, the possible future of the series. Also, my personal favorite NCAA, and also my quick thoughts and opinions on the current state of sports video games as they stand today. So, with all that being said, I hope you enjoy the show, and welcome to episode 158, NCAA Football. Another season is upon us. Freshmen arrive wide-eyed with dreams of future glory, while seniors prepare for their last chance at immortality. There are only a handful of these opportunities in a man's life, a handful of chances to distinguish yourself from the rest. It's on these fields where history is made, where legends begin and heroes triumph. Traditions tell the story of what you represent, of those that forge the legacy you uphold. When you come charging out of the tunnel, 100,000 people will be watching your every move. How you respond to that pressure is what defines you. These are the moments that reveal your toughness, your determination, and your pride. The Roughnecks on the Sooner Schooner. Ralphie charging out of the gate. And Chief Osceola planting his spear. The time has come. Your time is now. NCAA football was an American football video game series developed by EA Sports in which players control and compete against current Division I FBS college teams. It served as a college football counterpart to the Madden NFL series. And the series began in 1993. Bill Walsh College Football introduced collegiate pigskin to the SNES, Sega Genesis, and more. The franchise didn't yet have a license, so there were no real teams or schools featured. The playbook consisted of 68 plays, including the trusty wishbone offense. There was no dynasty or career mode to speak of, but fans could play in tournaments with either modern teams or one of the 24 all-time greatest college teams included on the cartridge. It may have been a humble beginning, but it's the game that started it all. Now, College Football USA 96 that came out in 1995, the first game in the franchise to feature all Division 1A teams. There were 108 at the time. College Football USA 96 was also the first to showcase what would eventually become the BCS Bowl Games, Orange, Sugar, Fiesta, and Rose Bowls. And 
Fun fact, did you know that this was the only time the Southwestern Conference ever appeared in a video game? The league disbanded in 96 and its member schools joined other conferences, so this was one of the only times you could see Baylor, Arkansas, Texas, and more as members of the SWC. Now, after that, we get NCAA Football 98. This edition marked the introduction of Dynasty Mode, the most popular gameplay mode in franchise history. The mode had also humble beginnings, letting you fill roster spots of graduating players with incoming freshmen, but that was about all the old consoles could handle. Modern features like scouting and recruiting battles wouldn't come along until much further down the road, but this was the year fans stopped playing one-off games with their favorite teams and started imagining what it would be like to be an all-powerful head coach for their favorite school. Now after that, we get NCAA Football 99. Though Dynasty may be the most popular gameplay mode in the NCAA football franchise, this was the first year hardcore fans were able to continue their college experience in the NFL by exporting players to Madden NFL 99. This was a breakthrough feature as it continued the story you'd build up around these players into their pro careers. Suddenly, you could take your Heisman winning quarterback to the big leagues and try and turn him into a NFL Hall of Famer. Fans took to writing their own narratives for their players, from the blue chip stud who translated his collegiate success into the NFL fame, to the scrappy rags to riches player who went to a no-name college, set himself apart, and burst onto the NFL scene as an unknown rookie. Now after that, we get NCAA Football 2003. The year of the rival, the 2004 edition of the game boasted 23 different rivalry trophies as well as awards like the Heisman Trophy, Coach of the Year, and more. Suddenly, the Michigan versus Minnesota game took on an added relevance when you knew the winner would be taking home the little brown jug. You even got a virtual trophy room to show off your hardware, giving you a method to show off your football prowess anytime a buddy started talking about how good he was at the game. Then, let's just jump over to NCAA Football 06. NCAA Football 06 marked one of the most significant gameplay leaps in franchise history as Dynasty Mode received a complete overhaul and Career Mode was introduced for the first time. Coaches could now scout and recruit potential players, adding an entirely new dynamic as schools competed with other schools for the nation's top players. Those looking for a career-style experience could jump into Race for the Heisman, where on-field performance determined ratings and the end goal was to snag the Heisman Trophy before graduating. The game also marked a bit of a break from tradition, as instead of showcasing a recent college graduate NFL rookie on the cover, the game showcased Michigan's Desmond Howard and his classic Heisman pose. 
Now let's jump over to NCAA football 09, the year of the quarterback quiz, wherein after throwing an interception, the, offense, the offensive coordinator could show you three defensive schemes and ask you to guess which one the defense employed. The feature was designed to help teach users how to read coverages and better understand what the defense was doing to stop them. This edition also included the ability for quarterbacks to be overwhelmed by crowd noise, losing their composure, and causing receiver routes to show up as squiggly lines or button prompts to appear as question marks. This was also the first year you could be, or you could ice the kicker, which was the bane of many an online player's existence. Now, NCAA Football 10. This was the first chance to let your creativity run wild with Team Builder, which allowed you to build your own fictional university uniforms, stadium roster, and more. NCAA Football 10 also in introduced Road to Glory with Aaron Andrews narrating your path from unknown freshman to college phenom. NCAA Football 13, though, introduced the Heisman Challenge mode that let you take control of some of the best to ever play the game in hopes of recreating and surpassing their Heisman winning performances. For the first time in franchise history, you could play as real life stars like Barry Sanders, Herschel Walker, Desmond Howard, and more with ridiculous ratings and nearly unstoppable skills. Making these guys even more explosive was the introduction of reaction time, which slowed down time, allowing you to spot holes at the line or evade pursuing defenders. This was also the only time in franchise history with dual cover athletes as Heisman winners, Barry Sanders, and RG3, or better yet, Robert Griffin III, shared a spot on the game's cover. Now, here we are in the finale, NCAA Football 14. That title brought two major new features with the introduction of physics-based movement and tackling via the Infinity Engine and the introduction of Ultimate Team by bringing over the revolutionary physics engine powering the Madden NFL franchise, the college game reached new heights of realism. And Ultimate Team set out to finally answer the question of what happens when you put some of the greatest college football players of all time together on one squad. This edition also introduced uh, coach skills to Dynasty Mode, adding a bit of a RPG-like flair to the growth and evolution of your coach. Now, finally, to wrap it all up, by the numbers, most appearances by school, Michigan with three, USC with three, Florida with two, Texas with two. Appearances by position is quarterbacks with 12, running backs slash fullbacks five, wide receivers four, and defensive players two with mascots one. By the numbers, uh, we're talking about the cover of NCAA football. So that is a overall rundown of the history of the NCAA football video game series and as we all know on july 9th 2013 with the release of ncaa 14 that was the last one we haven't received another ncaa football game since then and now i'm going to tell you why there are no more ncaa football video games today 
A former UCLA basketball star has his day in court this morning, five years after suing the NCAA. Ed O'Bannon is one of 20 current and former college players involved in the lawsuit. The athletes want to be paid for the use of their names, images, and likenesses in broadcast, video games, and other media. CBS News legal analyst Jack Ford is a former college athlete. He has fought this case closely. <laughs> for a long time ago. And a lot of surgeries. What was ago, your sport? As a matter of fact, I played football. Uh, yeah. That's right. Uh, what's the significance of this case? Well, it's interesting, John, because when it got started five years ago, there was a suggestion that this was going to be Armageddon. This was going to be the last great battle between good and evil, and that if the NCAA lost, they'd be out of business. It cost them hundreds of millions of dollars. It hasn't worked out that way. It, practically speaking, what they're looking for, is, as you just mentioned here, is the plaintiffs are saying we should be able to, if we're in college and we're athletes, and if we're a big enough name, we should be able to license our own pictures and images. So Johnny Manziel last year should have been able to say, according to the argument, look, you want to put my picture on a Wheaties box? Fine. Pay me $10,000. Or you want my autograph? Fine. Pay me this. And I can continue to play. I won't lose my amateur status. All right, so that's what this is all about. So practically, it wouldn't apply to a lot of people if they win. But the concept is huge because the concept would be amateurism is now gone. You can be a college athlete, but you can be getting paid not to play. All right, that's a different argument. That's not what's happening in this courtroom, but you could be paid for who you are. So one of the biggest reasons and things that people point to whenever discussing the reason why there's no longer any more NCAA football video games is the O'Bannon versus NCAA case. The history goes like this. In July 2009, Ed O'Bannon, a former basketball player for UCLA, who was a starter on the UCLA's 1995 national championship team and the NCAA basketball tournament most outstanding player of that year, filed a lawsuit against the NCAA and the collegiate licensing company alleging violations of the Sherman Antitrust Act and of actions that deprived him of his right of publicity. He agreed to be the lead plaintiff after seeing his likeness from the 1995 championship team used in the EA Sports title NCAA Basketball 09 without his permission. The game featured an unnamed UCLA player who played O'Bannon's power forward position while also matching his height his weight, bald head, <laughs> skin tone, and the number 31 jersey, and left-handed shot. In January 2011, Oscar Robertson joined O'Bannon in the class action suit. Bill Russell is also among the 20 former college athletes who are plaintiffs. Electronic Arts and the Collegiate Licensing Company, CLC, both originally co-defendants with the NCAA departed from the case and finalized a $40 million settlement that could net as much as $4,000 to as much or to as many as 100,000 current and former athletes who had appeared in EA Sports, NCAA basketball, and NCAA football series of video games since 2003. Now, the trial against the NCAA lasted from June 9th to June 27th, 2014. Final written closing statements were submitted on July 10th. On August 8th, 2014, Walkins 
ruled that the NCAA's long-held practice of bearing payments to athletes violated antitrust laws. She ordered that schools should be allowed to offer full cost of attendance scholarships to athletes covering cost of living expenses that were not currently part of the NCAA's scholarships. Watkins also ruled that college be permitted to place as much as $5,000 into a trust for each athlete per year of eligibility. The NCAA subsequently appealed the ruling, arguing that Walking did not properly consider NCAA versus Board of Regents of the University of Oklahoma. In that case, the NCAA was denied control of college football television rights, but the court also stated, quote, to preserve the character and quality of the product, athletes were not to be paid. So this goes on. On August 8th, 2014, District Judge Claudia Walkins found for O'Brien or O'Bannon holding that the NCAA's rules and bylaws operate as an unreasonable restraint of trade in a violation of antitrust law. The court said it would separately enter an injunction regarding the specific violations found. In September 2015, the 9th Circuit Court of Appeals affirmed in part and reversed in part the district court's ruling. Now, March 2016, O'Bannon's lawyers appealed the case to the Supreme Court of the United States. The Supreme Court denied uh, on October 3rd, 2016. So basically, because of this lawsuit, the reasoning behind why we're not no longer getting any NCAA video games, football video games, is because of this lawsuit. The lawsuit which UCLA basketball player Ed O'Bannon filed on behalf of the NCAA's Division I football and men's basketball players. It challenged the organization's use of the images of its former student athletes for commercial purposes. The suit argued that upon graduation, a former student athlete should become entitled to financial compensation for NCAA's commercial uses of his or her image. But the NCAA maintains that paying its athletes would be a violation of its concept of amateurism in sports. At stake are billions of dollars in television revenue and licensing fees. So right or wrong, agree or disagree, there are many opinions out there. I would love to hear everyone who's listening to this episode, their stance on this situation. Um, I can see it from both sides. And, and as much as it's unfortunate that we're no longer getting NCAA video games or football video games, uh, it is also understandable. You know, as, as graphics and video games have increased over the years and continue to do so, the argument of this is that this isn't that player, um, but it has the same number, the height, the weight, the look, everything else falls in suit. But EA or I'm sure it was more EA saying that that's not this player. 
And I think over time, it was going to become increasingly difficult to support that argument. But now things are changing. And there were some other lawsuits, as you heard, there was more than just uh, Ed O'Bannon. You know, a lot of people come at uh, O'Bannon and he's kind of the the fall guy for everything that's happening from the fans um, who are disappointed that they no longer get to uh, enjoy these games every year. And as much as that is disappointing and sucks, (laughs) I mean, I try not to hold it against one individual. Uh, I think a lot of this really just comes back down to greed Um, and wherever your stance on the argument about playing or paying, I mean, college athletes, I would like to hear your feedback on that argument as well, because they're all in a lot of ways tied in together. Now, there has been um, athletes who have received some of that money that was paid out, um, as it was said, there was that 40 million dollar settlement and i think some players were receiving just a couple thousand dollars a check in the mail but they would have gladly returned it just so that they could play the game because like us the fans of ncaa football they also grew up playing these games and it is unfortunate that we don't get to enjoy those every july or every year now with that being said uh you know playing a lot of the ps2 era video games um when it comes to ncaa you know there was an argument then like yeah i guess that is that player but it doesn't really look like them but as we got into xbox 360 and we never got the chance to see what it would have looked like on ps4 and xbox one and even as we're about to enter a new generation of video game consoles with the playstation 5 and the new xbox it would have been really interesting to see what these games looked like and how they played had this series continued to evolve now this is where we get into the conversation about the future of ncaa football um, as a series and it's interesting because there have been recent developments that have sparked some i guess you know hope (laughs) and there is a stronger possibility uh now more than there has over the last seven years but still even with that it's still unclear whether there's any guarantee that we will receive a ncaa 21 or anything in the near future now for the future of the series and the future of the ncaa football video games Uh, As we sit down and talk today, due to recent legal disputes between the Association Electronic Arts, college athletes, and others regarding the usage of college athletes' likeness in video games, which is currently uh, barred by the NCAA because of the concept of sport amateurism, which we can get into if you would like. So amateur sports are sports in which participants engage largely or entirely without pay. The distinction is made between amateur sporting participants and professional sporting participants who are paid for their time that they spend competing and training. In the majority of sports which feature professional players, the professionals will, quote, participate at a higher standard or play Uh, than amateur competitors as they can train full-time without the stress of having another job. 
the majority of worldwide sporting participates as amateurs. So basically, because you're a college athlete, it is, uh, you know, said that you're there for an education, but while you're here getting your college degree, you are able to uh, participate in whatever sport. And plus, uh, most of the time, there's a scholarship involved, uh, among other benefits. But you you aren't going to receive a direct paycheck. But there are so many companies and businesses that financially benefit strongly off of the success the uh names and numbers and, and 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 i guess generally and bluntly the the likeness of these athletes and, and and people so due to recent legal disputes between the association electronic arts college athletes and others regarding the usage of college athletics or athletes likeness in video games they would not renew their licensing deal with ea however the expiration of the license only affects the use of the NCAA's trademarks in the games. Teams and other events are licensed from schools individually or through organizations such as the Collegiate Licensing Company, who announced on the same day that they would extend its own licensing deal with EA through 2017. As such, EA ensured that with these existing deals in place, it would still be able to produce future versions of the franchise without the NCAA license, as it did prior to 1997 with the Bill Walsh video games. EA Sports Executive Vice President Andrew Wilson announced that the next edition of the franchise was already in development and would, quote, still feature the college teams leagues and all of the innovation fans expect from ea sports end quote however after the sec big 10 and pac 12 conferences announced that they would not license their trademarks to ea the company announced on september 26 2013 that it would not make a college football game for 2014 ea had plans to continue the series with a focus of user-generated content under the old college football name, but the plan was eventually canceled. I have heard rumors doing research for this episode where there were a lot of influences from games like Minecraft and a lot of user-created content, and uh, there would have been a lot of ways probably for you to create your favorite team without it being actually in the game now as of 2018 the series has not returned although oregon and texas license their team names for the story mode in madden nfl 18 madden nfl 20 includes 10 licensed college teams for its new career storyline qb1 face of the franchise ncaa football 14 the last edition of the game continues to be played by fans including actual college football players. Unofficial updates have been released to reflect current rosters. On October 29, 2019, the NCAA's Board of Governors voted to institute new rules allowing student athletes to profit from the use of their name, image, and likeness. The changes are set to take effect no later than January 2021. This development has caused many to speculate that a new NCAA football game 
will be released in the near future. So as we sit down and talk during this show today, as you are listening to this, whether this is in the future and this is old news, uh, this is the little spark that I was mentioning. There has been this, uh, the, the new rules as far as student athletes basically being able to make money uh, from their name, image, and likeness. Uh, I'm sure that some athletes are going to get um, paid uh, pretty handsomely, I would, I would assume, eventually, especially if you're from bigger schools, if you're a more popular player. And that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother debate. Because like I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of people are attracted to college uh, athletics, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, whatever, because of the passion that these players are performing with the hopes of getting to the next level to get that big signing bonus and all those things that come with becoming a professional athlete. But really, at the moment that we see them playing for these schools, they're playing for the love of the game. And, and we have to be realistic with uh, understanding that not everybody continues their career with that same level of passion and love for the game. You know, money, greed uh, has become something that will influence a lot of things and has influenced what we are seeing here. Um, not that Ed O'Bannon is a greedy person, but, you know, if somebody was using my you know, my features, my everything, and I wasn't seeing anything, but I was hearing that these games were making a ton of money. There is a part of me that would be asking for my cut. And that's just my opinion on that. I think it's fair to say that we know that as much as we as fans of college football and how much we enjoy the memories and, and the exciting times that we have been able to enjoy over the years of playing these video games and watching these uh, games live, uh, you know, in the stadiums or with friends and family. Either way, um, we've seen how much of a business this is. Um, and that's where the, the worlds collide. Uh, with a lot of different things and, and that's why it's such a vast and almost difficult topic to really get into because it always breaks down to something else and uh, you know at the end of the day I think it all just falls back on money uh, you know the schools want their money the company you know like EA wants their money the NCAA wants their money and the players want their money and uh, I think for a long matter of time we've had it where uh, not everybody's getting their money and uh, but the ones who are are making a lot of it. So, you know, how they're going to work that out is yet to be seen, especially with how we do not know exactly how this is going to transpire with all schools. How is this going to affect college football or college athletics in general? How is this going to affect recruiting? You know, this is going to be something that we're going to have to see over time how that affects the sport first before we can even consider someone else coming through. Now, the interesting thing that I did not know until doing this episode was the fact that EA had plans and could have kept making uh, NCAA, you know, but it just wouldn't have been called NCAA as we were going over in the history of the series. There was the Bill Walsh and even the College Football USA. So they could have continued making at least two or three more games and then go from there. Um, but in, in a lot of those licensing deals were through these conferences and these individual schools. And we're also seeing how they've opened up 
to uh, you know Madden NFL 18 and NFL 20. Um, my personal hopes for the future of this series or just college football in general, as much as I love NCAA uh, as a series, I have grown kind of d- detest with EA as what they've done with the Madden series over the years. And, and, and that's a whole nother topic as well. Um, but I would almost uh, uh, be interested to see another company try their hand again. I know uh, 2K at one point did have an NCAA football game um but to see what they've done with uh, basketball it would be interesting or at least split it up so you have uh both ea and 2k creating an ncaa football game Uh, and i think that's when we've seen some of the best sports games is when there was that competition between these studios these developers and um so I, i don't know how ea's relationship with the ncaa with these uh conferences and schools and just in general, if it's left uh, too big of a wound to see any potential talks here. Now, there's always going to be news, um, especially with these updates. And uh, hopefully after January 2021, we'll, we'll find some kind of a solid ground to stand upon and, and point and go, okay, yeah, this looks more likely. But I mean, ever since the series has ended, I think we've every year, if you get on YouTube, you get on the internet, get on Google. There's an article. There's somebody saying, oh, next year we might be getting an NCAA game. Oh, uh, it's coming up. And I think they've been doing that. And and as much as I want to believe in the hype and, and I hope that we get to experience these games yet again. And I can't even imagine what they would have been like on the Xbox One and PS4 and what they would have been like or what they're going to be like if we do get the opportunity to play these on the next generation of consoles and even PC. So I would like your guys' opinions on what you think the future of the NCAA football series is and what are your stances on how the series came to a close. And as you think about your answer with that, I'm going to tell you now my favorite NCAA football video game. NCAA football 2006. So for most, I know I have a gut feeling that if you asked a majority of people what their favorite NCAA football game would be, it would more than likely be NCAA football 14. And as much as I love 14 and I know why uh, it gets a lot of the praise, I would almost want to say that it gets a little boost of extra praise because it's the last NCAA football game so it's almost that last of a dying breed it gets this like legendary status automatically because it's the last one and look NCAA football 14 is one of the best sports games one of the best NCAA football games hands down I won't argue that but if you were to ask me what my favorite NCAA football game would be, it would be without a doubt NCAA football 06 or NCAA 06. Uh, Look, this is the game that I have the most fondest memories playing, probably the most hours playing. And, And look, I'm just going to describe 
the game, and then we're gonna we're gonna just geek out about it. Is that cool with you guys? So, NCAA Football 06 is a collegiate American football video game, which was released on July 11th, 2005. It is the successor to NCAA Football 2005 in the NCAA Football series. This product features former Michigan Wolverines standout and Heisman Trophy winner Desmond Howard on the cover. He is the only cover athlete not to have played the year before their respective game. Howard last uh, last played at Michigan in 1991. It is the only game in the series as of 2013 to have a music soundtrack as the other games play school fight songs and general band pieces in the last game in the series to feature FCS Division I AA teams. So I'm holding my copy of NCAA 06 uh, for the PlayStation 2 in my hands right now as we are recording and I'm going to read you guys the back of the cover and just to give you a highlight of some of the gameplay mechanics and then we'll go into more detail so the big headline here is bring home the heisman team by team breakdown all new impact moves become a college legend features race for the heisman in this new game mode begin as a prep standout and develop into a heisman hero by winning the ultimate prize in the collegiate athletics all new impact players give the pigskin to your game changing performers as they break games wide open with big plays and highlight real moves year-round recruiting issue official on-campus visits in dynasty mode to land blue chip prospects breakaway control use the all-new impact stick to unleash special moves including jar jarring hits and ankle snapping jukes that clear your way to the end zone new dynamic analysis all new in-studio commentary and the analysis by brad nestler kirk herbstreak and lee corso provide insight on each team's impact players prior to kickoff and more ways to play hone your skills in the all new pass skeleton oklahoma drill option attack and rushing attack mini games this game to me is legendary it truly is because after ncaa 06 obviously we got 07 that featured reggie bush on the cover and and as the series continued on this was the last one that i felt like ea sports really gave uh their love passion and attention to before making that transition into 360 and PlayStation 3. Now, the game mode race for the Heisman, guys. You begin as a high school standout hoping to sign with a major college program. After choosing your position and your position specific drill, you are offered three scholarships or you can walk on to a school of your choice. The prestige of the offering school depends on how you perform in your drill. Look, race for the heisman it was like your college football player rpg simulator uh right now we are currently doing the legend of jackie daytona on the wondersoul youtube channel which is a race for the heisman where he's the quarterback for alabama and it's just so much fun you're in a dorm room you have all of these uh different options that you can go through there's a heisman hype you can customize your character you can create all it's just look it's so much fun 
And that was their big pitch for 06 was that's why they had Desmond Howard on the cover with his Heisman pose. And that was just the big feature here. But it was so exciting because who doesn't want to put themselves in their favorite team and lead their school to uh, tons of wins, championships, and, and specifically to win the Heisman. So I was always having fun creating a, a character to do the race for the Heisman, whether it was a quarterback or a running back. I never did many defensive players, but I know a lot of people really enjoy playing as like corners or even linebackers and other positions like that. Um, but one of the things about the gameplay in itself is the feature of impact players, guys. Like this was the first year we got that. Each team had three impact players, usually the three highest, uh, highest rated players on the roster. But there is always at least one impact player on offense and on defense. In dynasty mode, some teams only have two impact players in later years, but a third is named later in the season. Impact players will also change based off of their performance or lack thereof. Some teams' kickers or punters are impact players too. Offensive linemen are never impact players in the game. Sorry guys, trust me, I was, a, I was an offensive lineman, so I feel you. Impact players are called upon to make big plays when, quote, in the zone, indicated by their white impact icon underneath them pulsating. If they execute a big play, action pauses and the camera zooms in on the tackle or the juke move, etc. One of the funnest things about playing against your friends or if you have a dynasty that you're running or even if you're doing your race for the Heisman, you can become an impact player or you can utilize your impact players around you. And that's the thing, even though that, yes, they are usually the highest rated players on your team, they really feel like impact players and they truly do make an impact. I think the defenses adjust to your players if they are an impact wide receiver, maybe they get double coverage. Um, you know, there was just this excitement of uh, performing well with your impact players and depending on them in tense, critical moments in these games. And one of the things that I just was really always appreciative was just the fact that they even added something like this because you do have highlight star-like players on these teams. And instead of saying, oh, it's number 12 or watch out for 86, it actually indicated something. And I thought that that was really cool. And the fact that they had um, that that moment where if, if you're in the zone and you're running with your running back who's an impact player and he makes a big juke or, uh, or uh, breaks a tackle, there is that cinematic moment where everything slows down and it zooms in and you feel really hyped like, ooh, we just did something. And it wasn't just a normal thing most of the time. They actually they added a little bit of the flair to it. So it was so much fun. It, it just kind of it really made the gameplay exciting. So everything wasn't just all the same. And yeah, this player is better than that one, but they, they're all pretty much the same in a, in, a, in a sense of that word. So I love the addition of impact players. Now, another thing that came back, I think from 2005, but was the top 25 toughest places to play. So when you're playing uh, in an away game, uh, man, some of these locations and stadiums that you go play are hella intense, super loud, hard to call audibles or hot routes or change up the play in any way. Um, you even have penalties and flags from maybe, uh, you know, uh, offensive linemen jumping off sides or something. Now, if you're on uh, the opposite end of that spectrum, 
say you're on defense, you're playing at home, big matchup, yeah, you can pump up the crowd, hype them up, and get in the offense's head and just like change the game. Like they're literally taking the aspect of the 12th man uh, of the stadium and fans being part of that atmosphere and those teams and how they can actually affect the outcome of the game. And so I really, really thought that that was cool that they've, you know, highlighted some of these places. And I think over time in dynasty mode or even, yeah, I think in dynasty mode, those can change. Um, but I'm not 100% sure in those. So, uh, yeah, dude, they revamped the dynasty mode and, uh, that was really cool because one of the things that they added that was a big feature as I read on the back of the box was the new in season recruiting feature. So week to week you get to recruit. Now, everybody has a new strategy with it. As uh, as of now, on Twitch.tv slash Wondersoul, I've been streaming some dynasties. At first, it was Cal, Golden Bears, and now it's our created team, the St. Cloud Bulldogs, located in Hogwarts, Texas, and they're part of the SEC. Now, with recruiting, during the season, if I'm looking for um, like maybe four, maybe five real... Uh, highlighted recruits and you only get a hundred recruiting points uh, maybe that changes if you have more um, stats in your recruiting because I know you have um, discipline recruiting and training I think those are your three options when it comes to the offseason but the dynasty mode in, is so deep in that week-to-week recruiting is a game within the game and you become very attached to these players as you build these teams, whether it is, you know, a, a, a regular previously known team, or if you're taking a cupcake school or a, a lesser known school and rebuilding them or building them up, or like I am with uh, St. Cloud and, and having a fresh new school. So it's, it's so much fun and you get to uh, really enjoy it when they actually get on the team and they start making some plays for you. So the recruiting in general is just so much fun. I mean, the off season is such a good time when you're doing dynasty mode. Um, after you finish your bowl game and your championship games, hopefully, um, you know, there's this whole off season pro- uh, process where you get to redshirt players, you get to do off season training and spring games. Um, what was what else was there? Obviously, five week recruiting which is so much fun. That's where you get a bulk of the recruits for each year. And um, I just, you know, I just really enjoy the attachment that you create with each of these uh, teams that you do a dynasty with. And each week feels, um, you know, special and different. Um, so I've I've had nothing but fun with the dynasty mode. And, and I really have nothing but really fun memories of playing dynasty mode growing up. Um, obviously you have all time and historic teams in here. So if you ever want to play with some of your favorite teams, those are available on NCAA 06. Um, but create a school, man, there was just, there were so many features in this game and, and, and something EA is known for now. I know specifically with, with things like Madden and, uh, is that they've stripped away a lot of the depth and awesome stuff to franchise mode or in, in NCAA's case, dynasty mode. Now, 14 has a pretty good dynasty mode. It's pretty deep. 
um, but like the creative school, like those creative options. And that's why I found it was interesting with uh, researching for this episode, how they did have plans if they, you know, after they lost the NCAA license to have this, um, you know, user created uh, focus, which I think is always fun. Like who doesn't like to create and put themselves or, or make a mark on the game. So whether you put your own yourself in the game through a created player, or you're like, you know what, I want to make my own team. I don't want to play with the Texas Longhorns or you know the University of Auburn or whoever. Um, so I, I, you know, that was so much fun. And there's rumors over the years that the NCAA told EA to stop, or you know. So there's a lot of things that you know. I think if you did enough uh, digging, you would find some kind of. Uh, quotes or something about why certain features have been stripped away but you know honestly even though they've added things and things got better uh, for the most part over time 06 feel felt like a, a pinnacle like a, a peak like this is where it all kind of just came together and had everything that you could want and need and that's why playing it now today in 2020 streaming it which is a hella good time <laughs> like playing these games by yourself is one thing but when you're playing it with other people it's just it brings me back to the days of playing these games with my friends and so you know with playing something like uh ncaa 06 today in 2020 and this game came out july 11th on in 2005 so it's 15 years old and it still holds up because the gameplay guys the gameplay is so much fun it does I guess in comparison to something like a 14 um, and even some of the newer Maddens that I've played just for example, it does have an arcadey type vibe. I wonder if that comes off right or wrong to some people. Um, but man, it's just addicting. It's so much fun to play and it just does what it needs to do. It provides that atmosphere, that depth and attention to detail, the soundtrack people. Like I mentioned earlier, NCAA 06 football, um, it's uh, soundtrack had all these awesome bands, man. Like it's even music that I, I was more into back when I was growing up. But the fact that, uh, you know, it, that's that music stuck with me it is so funny, man. It, it, some of the songs that you'll hear, it was a lot of college rock, punk and post punk selections like Bad Religion, The Clash. NLFX and the Mr. T experience, uh, but it's like one of the first ones to not feature fight songs in the menus. And I thought that was really cool. You know, I really uh, gave it this unique flair and it, it, it really stands out when you think about it. And those games, I mean, those songs, they stick in your head. Oh man, the bass, uh, just, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, just things like that. Uh, I would love to hear your favorite track off of the NCAA 06 soundtrack. Please, please let me know. Um, <laughs> but it was just so awesome, man. There was just something about it where it just felt like, okay, around this 04, 05, 06 time with uh, sports games in general, because one of my favorite, my one of my favorite pro football games is uh espn nfl 2k5 with to in the cover um and one of the things about that was the fact that it was competing at the time with madden 2005 so i feel like at that moment in the early 2000s we had some of the best products put out because they were there was so much competition out there and it was pushing each company to do their best 
because you're actually trying to outsell somebody. You know, now it's kind of like, can we just sell more and make more money? You know, it, it, it's kind of changed over time for sure. Now, I know the industry has changed as well, but I mean, it just is what it is. Um, so it was very interesting to pick up NCAA 06 recently over the last, I would say, couple months and just really be sucked back into it. I have taken a break uh, from modern football games and sports games in general over the last handful of years, and I'll get to that here in a moment. But NCAA 06 to me is one of the best football games of all time. Not just college football games, I'm talking like football games. I, I'm going to throw it out here for one of the best sports games, okay? And here's some of the reception. So by July 2006, the PS2 version of NCAA Football 06, because this came out on the Xbox as well, had sold 1.2 million copies and had earned $56 million in the United States alone. Next Generation ranked it as the 40th highest selling game launched for the PS2, Xbox, or GameCube between January 2000 and July 2006 in that country. Combined sales of NCAA football console games reached 7 million units in the United States by July 2006. The game still ranks amongst, uh, among the best game of the series. It also was met with positive reception on release. Um, game rankings and Metacritic gave, the, uh, gave it a score of 87.68% and 87 out of 100 for the Xbox version and 87.42% and 87 out of 100 for the PS2 version. So these games were highly regarded over the years, but you know I think a, a, a few of them really stood out in NCAA 06 for me. There's a nostalgic hit of dopamine that just strikes whenever I, I I hear you know EA Sports is in the game and then you get the uh, the the school intros with different people from the different colleges doing their little intro and then you get that music starting on the menu and, and, and it's just so much fun so hey I, I found a couple copies out at my local thrift store for just three dollars guys and there are ways to play some of these titles via emulator on your PC if that's something you would choose to do as well. Um, that's how I am able to uh, stream NCAA 06 right now on Twitch. But one of the benefits of the emulator is the fact that you can up the graphics. So we're playing NCAA 06 football in 1080p and it looks so good and the, the gameplay is still there and it's so fun. So hands down this one is the one i played the most with one of my best friends um we went back and forth i was playing with uh, you know texas because of vince young and scrambling around virginia tech because of marcus vick you know this is the one that had uh reggie bush there was just so many great teams great players um it, it just was a really special time to be an ncaa football fan so Yes, that NCAA Football 06 is my favorite NCAA game. And like I said earlier, I mentioned we are currently on YouTube doing the Race for the Heisman Jackie Daytona series as uh, he is the quarterback for Alabama Crimson Tide. And then we're also streaming live on Twitch the Dynasty for the St. Cloud Bulldogs. And we're having a blast, so... If you have any interest in that, please check it out. Plus, I would like to mention a couple people as well.
So if you'd like to check out some other uh, dynasties and race for the Heisman or just playthroughs and playlists uh, on YouTube, I would definitely point you in the direction of Miles Dockings 247. That dude is hella entertaining and funny. Uh, I would also check out Soft Drink TV. This guy is very vocal and I share his opinions on modern sports games, especially Madden, but he does some retrospectives and he did one recently actually for NCAA 06 football. So please check him out on YouTube. Uh, also, you can find Expanding Man who's doing a Fresno State coronavirus dynasty and he's a really cool guy that I just recently uh, discovered on YouTube and he also streams those playthroughs on Twitch so check him out there speaking of Twitch uh, two of my uh, personal buddies that uh, are also fans of college football and who are streaming uh, occasionally incidentally football content of the retro kind uh, you have Hermes Game Corner who has been doing Sam Houston State NCAA football 10 and also deluxe underscore Dylan who has been streaming NCAA 06 with his creative team uh, the North Dallas A&M uh, Bulls pretty sure anyways check out all those guys um, and I'm sure you're going to be entertained if you're craving some NCAA football but not only just NCAA football I'm talking about the retro PS2 Xbox era of NCAA not to say that NCAA 14 uh, content and streams are not enjoyable there are plenty of people and loyal fans out there to this day that have been running dynasties for years that are still updating the rosters so if you just type anything uh ncaa related ncaa football on youtube or twitch you're going to be sure to find some really cool content creators so definitely check those out now that we have been over the history of ncaa now that we know why there are no longer any more ncaa football games out at this moment of this recording and now that I got to geek out a little bit about my favorite NCAA football game, NCAA football 06, I want to end this episode on not a sour note, but I do want to vent real quickly and share some of my quick thoughts and opinions on the state of modern sports video games. I have to show you this. We're gonna watch the trailer together so I can show you what is going on with EA and fucking sports games. And you already know it, but you need to check it out. Ready? Let's fucking watch this thing together. Go. Fucking ridiculous, man. And I'm gonna lower the fucking volume on this trailer so they don't try to copyright claim me. That's... It looks the fucking same! It's the same goddamn graphics engine that it is all that it has been countless fucking years and yes. all they're doing is showing the same fucking animations they take something out of madden and they put it back in two years later and tout it as something amazing and it all goes so fucking fast so that you cannot see what's actually going on here in the gameplay illusions it's smoke and mirrors it's all I'm, it is I, let's just keep watching this Keep watching this. Here we go. Pash rush. Like clutch have. stops. Realistic open field tack tackling. Like that's not been in the fucking game this whole fucking time. Are you telling me? Are you telling tackling? me all the fucking time that it's been unrealistic tackling? And just this year, you're doing realistic tackling. This 
fucking garbage. Striker! User controlled celebrations! Joe! User controlled celebrations! We're in 2K5 15 years ago! You stupid fucks! Stop buying this shit! Alright, so I'm gonna be really quick with this part of this episode. And I'm gonna be really blunt as well, so I apologize ahead of time. But modern video games suck. They suck so bad, guys. And I would really love to have a conversation with someone who genuinely feels the opposite way. Like they've gotten better over time. And I'm not talking about the graphics. Obviously, that's something we've gotten used to over time. But I also remember the days where when the next Madden, NCAA, uh, 2K, whenever the next game in the series was coming out, we expected more features, better graphics, improved gameplay. And then somewhere along the line, that just stopped. Like the opposite started to happen. Yeah, the game started to look really nice and realistic and shiny and like, ooh, look, the graphics are so good you can see sweat drop. But they were stripping away the things that really kept players and fans of the game coming back each and every year. Now, one of the big things that I've noticed, and it's a problem in just modern video games, and hopefully as we move into this next generation, I cross my fingers that us as consumers, uh, as fans of a lot of these franchises and character stories and games, that we will be able to make a prominent change in how we are being um, delivered these products, I guess is the word I'm looking for. So uh, lately, especially in this PS4, Xbox One generation here, the big thing has been free to play games, early access, Fortnite, still in early access. It's in 2020, I think the game's been out for, uh, I know a handful of years now, it feels like, made a ton of money early access that's a whole nother topic i get that one of the things that's affected the video game market at least the mainstream video game market and however you want to interpret that is that mobile games affected it you know all the games that you would see all the the annoying ads for you know f <laughs> stuff like this say farmville Flappy Bird, uh, Angry Birds, uh, all these different mobile games, uh, they're just, they're free, but then it's like, ah, now hand me your wallet. But here's the thing, before we even get into that, because that's part of another point I have. These products that were being sold lately as finished products are not that at all, yet we are being asked as the consumer to hand over $60 for the full price game, which if you haven't heard already, going into the, the next generation, games are gonna go from 60 to maybe a bar of 70. And uh, there's this, it's not a new trend, but this trend of here's the basic game, here's the deluxe edition, the ultimate edition, the collector's edition, all ranging in prices. And most of the benefits of buying a version of the game that's not just the game itself, is towards game modes like Ultimate Team and my career in 2K, where you get more in-game currency pretty much. 
with the purchase of the game. But here's the big thing about games in general, but how this affects modern sports games, I think is very apparent, is that these products are not truly finished. There's no longer this pressure on the industry to provide a finished product. Maybe if it's something like a story-based single-player game uh, that takes a handful of years to make, there is that, that pressure to hit the ground running right off of release, but with games that have a lot of multiplayer or you know this this idea that well whatever's wrong if there's any bugs glitches gameplay mechanics or anything that we have to fix well we can just patch it or we can flood your memory and your system with updates updates and more updates to the point where you're either going to have to go buy an external hard drive if you don't already have one or you're going to have to start eliminating the games that you have downloaded uh, to, okay, I haven't played this in a couple weeks. I guess I got to get rid of it. But it's all because these aren't finished products. And even the ones that are claimed to be finished are always getting flooded with different things. So the game that you get, uh, you, that you get by the next couple of months will not be the same game. And you can provide a ton of examples to prove that point but sports games are falling into that trap as well and i think it's because like uh, for me uh, as far as this episode being geared towards ncaa football which was made by ea sports ea has been all about lately you know games as a service and you know frankly it kind of makes some sort of sense why not charge 9.99 a month 4.99 a month for uh, Madden, and then every year give me the roster updates, give me new uniforms, all this, all the updates, but never do I have to buy another copy of Madden. I mean, honestly, the way that they're doing it, that's basically what they're doing, but they're just getting 60 out of you and then asking you to continuously throw money at them for the game modes and the things that are in the game that you can't just earn anymore. Like it's our duty as uh, if you are 90s and beyond or anybody who's familiar with the way video games used to be uh, as far as uh, the product you get from the counter, from the shelf and take home and play should be up to top tier quality. Sure, there probably will be a one or two bugs or fixes, but hey, you know, but nothing should ever feel like this was not ready and I gave them full price for it. Uh, but as far as games as a service, there's a lot of MMOs that use that. You know, a lot of free-to-play games use battle passes and, you know, things like that. And it's pretty much like you're paying a monthly fee. It's just not, it's not worded like that. So, you know, we need to think about that. Especially when you have these game modes in Madden and stuff that's Ultimate Team. And it's like, go buy all these packs and you can get a better team if you buy the packs. And if you want this, you gotta you know pay in Madden currency or Madden coins. I don't know what they have. I haven't played a Madden in a handful of years. And um, it's unfortunate. It really is. Because I know if you weren't a sports video game fan... For a long time, I remember people kept giving me shit saying, oh, it's just a it's just a roster update. And, you know, it wasn't always that way. But as the years started to go along, that was a hard thing to defend because it actually started to just feel like minimum updates every year for full price. And now EA really wants to promote this like games as a service. 
I mean, I'm all for things like I think I've tried EA Access. It's a pretty fine thing. Saves you money, but you still get to dip and dabble in a bunch of different games. You got things like Xbox Game Pass, and who knows what we're going to get from Sony, even though they have PlayStation Now. You don't get to download the games, you get to stream them, and it just wasn't, it wasn't cutting it for me. But here's the thing. Here's the big, big, big thing, okay? Especially with games like Madden and 2K. Now, I know MLB The Show. I've never really played it. Yes, I, I follow baseball, but I'm not a big baseball video game fan. So if you have any experience with MLB The Show, please let me know if anything uh, about what I'm about to say with Madden 2K relates to MLB The Show. But paywalls, microtransactions, like the whole mobile video game market from our cell phones, from our smartphones, leaked into the games that come out on your Xbox your Nintendo, your Sony consoles. It, it just did, for better or for worse. Now, yes, there's the whole microtransactions argument out there. And there is part of me that can see one side and the other. Sure, a lot of these games require constant development and updates and online services. So, you know, these are ways to fund and pay employees. I'm hoping that's the way I kind of look at it. But then there's also the, the shady side of you know, loot boxes and basically the borderline gambling. I mean, I'll go out and say that most of this is kind of just gambling. Um, but I definitely hate when you take features away and then you start to hide them behind paywalls. When you take a full game and you start to dice it up and say, ah, can we charge for this? Can we charge for that? I mean, what are you guys doing? Remember when you used to buy a game? It was all there when you bought it. It was in the case. But inside that case, whether it was a cartridge or a disc, the game was there, the whole thing. And then you went home and you actually just got to play it. You didn't have to download it. You didn't have to install the update. You didn't have to, you know what I'm saying? That's a little tedious. I get it. It's a little petty. But I mean, it, it, I think if you have the contrast to relate to, you know, you remember how it used to be and how far from that we are starting to travel. And the, the fear that I have of the younger generations growing up getting into video games. And as I said earlier in the beginning of this episode, how important sports and video games were important to me growing up as a, as a kid. But now these kids are getting this kind of example for how video games should be. And they're going to ask their parents for money to buy clothing for their my career player and to get a haircut in 2k and to get new basketball shoes in 2k and to get more packs you know hey i'm a fan of pokemon you know i probably hassled my mom uh, a lot of money over the years uh when i was young and into pokemon for pokemon cards right for actual physical pokemon cards these are ultimate team packs that are digital cards that you can't do anything. And then by the time the next Madden comes out, whatever you spent and invested in, I guess goes away. I haven't played ultimate team in a while, so I don't know how they translate if anything carries over. But anyways, that mobile game strategy, microtransactions, it's just so frustrating some of the best things about any any sports title is going to be yes the gameplay yes playing against friends one-on-one -on -one. now we have online services that's great too and even that's a little buggy 
How can there be 60 plus people on Battlefield with tanks and blowing up and then I can't even get a, a, a steady game of Madden going? You know, why is that laggy? I don't understand. I don't. I want to. Here's the thing though. Madden and 2K, they're, they're, they're dogs in their own race. They have no competition. And it seems like through that lack of competition, they've just been focusing on what's going to make them more money and what things can they pull back from being available or free or expected in the, in the base product so that they can charge later for it. Uh, and, and, and they kind of sit there, they kick their feet up on their desk and they say, oh, you want an NFL football game, huh? Well, who, they look around left to the right. Well, where are you going to go? We got Madden 20 here, but I remember my favorite NFL football game, ESPN NFL 2K5. T.O. on the cover. I mentioned it, I think, earlier in this episode. 1999 at release. EA was shitting their pants. Even though EA uh, at that time was still putting out, I think, quality. I think that was some of the height, the peak, the pinnacle. You know, Ray Lewis on the cover of Madden 2005. Hit stick is introduced. But damn it, did EA go, holy shit, this game is light years ahead of ours. Still holds up today, by the way. And uh, fuck, we need to get all the NFL rights. We can't have nobody out here competing with. Even though, can we imagine what we would have gotten over the last handful of years if you had Madden and 2K going head to head from from 2004 at the time of the release up until today, 2020? My God, it would have been amazing. Just to see what 2K has done with their basketball series. And and that's what's disappointing about 2K is the fact that it's fallen from grace in my opinion. NBA 2K11 is one of my favorite ones of all time. Never ever played a basketball game up until 2K11 with Michael Jordan on the cover. And man, did I have a ball. Is the presentation amazing? You absolutely bet it is. And you can see hints of that and all the gameplay and presentation mechanics that they put in 2K5 ESPN NFL. And it's just a shame that we, we at a younger age, at least I can speak from my perspective and my experience only, and I would love to hear everybody else's feedback. You know, you're growing up and you're playing these games and every year you're expecting more and in, in, in improvements, more features, more everything, and then that stops. And now Madden is bare bones with like the big feature in game mode that a lot of people are attracted to. Um, Dynasty and franchise modes are just a ball to play with. And you, and they're, now they're just like a second thought. I wouldn't even say they're a second thought. And it's all about ultimate team and making the most money. It's just greed. It's, it becomes, it's just greed. And ultimate team has ruined Madden. And, 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 and you know what? Maybe in, in a weird, sick way, we're lucky that NCAA uh, 14 was the last NCAA because it saved that franchise from being touched in that way. What what would they have charged? What would we have gotten? I know 14 had an ultimate team in some sense. So it's just, you know, maybe in a weird way, it's best that it didn't move forward. But, you know, that doesn't mean that I should go seven years without NCAA football game 
whether that's a whole different argument and topic and everything and situation still, you know, and, and here's the thing. There's a lot more people I would like to believe that feel the same way that I do or, or, or even more passionate about that. Um, and even younger audiences and younger gamers that are new to video games that are picking up Madden and they, and I, I bet you they can still feel like, hmm, this was $59.99. Oh, I got to go ask for more money. I got to do this. You know, there's that social pressure. People talked about it with Fortnite, with the, um, the skins, you know. The kids were getting bullied basically because they didn't have the latest and greatest. Now that's always been a thing, but now it's like digital and that's a weird translation and transition. The point is, is that a lot of people aren't happy. I don't think, I think that whenever anything's announced with 2k and Madden, sure there are fans of those sports that they're, they're in love and infatuated with the idea of a new Madden, a new 2K, because they were. And they love football and basketball and whatever sports game you want to talk about. Because that's the one thing, real sidebar real quick, is that how many sports games do we actually have out there anymore? I mean, really, when you think of sports games, I think of FIFA, Madden, 2K, basketball. I think 2K is about to do Tiger Woods or golf. I think NASCAR is still out there. I mean, just a handful. But like I was saying, they were in love with these sports, these teams, they're fans of their school or, 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 you know, the Atlanta Falcons or the Golden State Warriors, whoever. So that passion leaks over, but then they're forced to buy these products that are just not held to the same standard as they once was. And a lot of it has to do with corporate greed. I get it. You're a business. Make your money. But do businesses understand that in order to make more money, you can make more money if you just really make a solid product. You don't have to dice it up and sell it to me in bites. You don't have to, you know, do all this gimmicky bullshit that you guys have been doing. Just work your ass off put the love and passion have people involved on the project that really want to see a brand new experience uh, shown and and played by fans because they're fans of these games they're fans of these sports themselves and 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 so they want to give it everything that they got they have the resources i know ea's got money 2k's got money i know the money's there that's not that's nothing uh, that you can use as, as an excuse for why the quality is not there. So why is it? Why, why is it that so many fans of sports and sports video games are, are, are really uh, divided is like the easiest way I can put it, but I know that there's a majority of people that are unhappy. Go look at the Madden 21 trailer. Look at the likes and dislikes. You know, get the general feedback from everybody when it, when, when these trailers release, when these games come out, don't go look at IGN. Don't go look at all these other, you know, there's, you can tell now we, we are in a time where you can actually go to people like you and me 
and get their feedback. You can talk to your friends, not these people that almost feels like uh, when I read a, a, a Madden review on IGN, it totally, totally feels like they got to the office that morning, opened uh, the door, and on the floor, because it was slid under the door, a check from somebody said, hey, haha, new Madden's coming out. Be sure to talk us up. You know, and it sucks, man, because I love NFL football. I love college football. I love NBA basketball. I love all these sports. But over the handful of years lately, especially with this generation of PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, I took a step back. Even though Gronkowski and Tom Brady were on the cover of Madden. I'm a New England Patriots fan, and I just was like, I think I did buy Madden uh, that had Brady on the cover. I played it for two weeks, and then I traded it in. It's like, I'm not, it's not for me anymore, I guess. I don't know. It sucks because I usually have so much enjoyment in around August when Madden would come out or does come out. And uh, around the time of July when NCAA football used to come out, it was such an exciting time in the summer for me. Not so much anymore. But that's why I think it's important to do, do two things. And, you know, I think that this is um, something that I've done unknowingly. I've stopped buying this trash. (laughs) I'm not happy with it. Why would I buy it and then complain about it and then bitch about it and whine about it? I I just, no. Sorry, I'll take that 60 bucks and go elsewhere. I've also gone by the philosophy (laughs) lately as a consumer and uh, someone who's passionate about video games. If I don't buy that game day one, I'm not going to give them day one prices. So I'm going to get that game on sale. And there's always sales now, guys. Always. There's a there's a summer Steam sale going on right now. I got a handful of gems for almost under $30. So half the price of a new, brand new, full price game. And these are legendary games, guys. These are not just like some bargain bin indie trash titles and and some free to play stuff that you would get, you know, a demo for on your on your cell phone. Nah. So you start speaking with your wallet. You don't get on social media all the time and go I mean, sure, go ahead. I mean, vocalize your frustration. But I feel like if you're going to do that, you better be speaking with your wallet as well and not handing these companies money for things that you just aren't enjoying anymore and the only way that they're going to change what they do is if you stop giving them money because that's all they that's the only language they speak if you get on social media on twitter and cause an uproar or leave an angry comment on a youtube video it doesn't matter because they got your sixty dollars So what does it matter to you? Because obviously they're not listening because they're not listening every year when people vocally tell them, hey, we as fans would like these features back. That's right. I said back because they become notorious for taking out things that were already there. Like it's not new things that people are asking for. It's like, can you give me back what I was enjoying? But no, it's like, let's make them so bored that all they have to do 
is go play ultimate team. Hmm? This make it so hard to grind unless you pay some extra money, some VC, some virtual currency. Speak with your wallet. You want things to change. There are some ways that you can actually do that. And one of those, especially when it comes to business, the, the economy, uh, a consumer, you cannot give them the money and they will see, oh shit, nobody's buying our game or sales are down. We have to do something. And it might not happen overnight. And what I mean by that is like next year they might see, oh, sales were kind of dipped. Well, we got this one thing here. You can have that back. Okay. Well, keep keep it up. We want more. We want more. Until we know you are producing and creating the type of content to the standard that we know that you're capable of, then I'll give you full price. Because if a game like ESPN NFL 2K5 can come out at 19.99, still hold up today, I mean, come on, guys. And that's my second point. I am so happy that I was able to experience and be reminded of how good these games used to be. Because lately it feels like, mm, 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 mm. but picking up ESPN NFL 2K5 and playing that again, I was blown away of how ahead of its time it was. Picking up NCAA 06, even 10. Because that's where I started with when I got back into NCAA here recently. But I finally got to 06, my favorite, like I mentioned earlier. And I am just like, yeah, this holds up. 15 years old, still holds up. Because the latest doesn't always mean it's the greatest, guys. And we got to stop pretending that that's true and it's always going to be. Your iPhone 6 might still be better than that iPhone 8 or whatever out there. As long as it works, it does what it needs to do. They didn't take anything away like the headphone jack. They didn't do... You see what I'm saying here, guys? We got caught in this hamster wheel of buying and just feeding this system when it comes to video games and in these yearly releases. And, and then it became what so many people who didn't really play sports games would argue and say, well, why are you buying the new Madden? It's just a roster update. Well, now it is. And if that, sometimes they're almost, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. They might just be copy and pasting. And that's just, that's an industry problem. And that's something that we as consumers do have the power to control and affect change. So look, I hope that the next generation brings us more promise than this generation did. Did the games look amazing this yet? Yeah, of course. I'm not going to argue that. Does Madden you know 20 look better than NCAA 06 I mean yes but they're also almost like two different aesthetics and what's wrong with retro games I think more people are going back to these classics because that's exactly what they are classics will endure you make a good product it does not matter how old it is it will hold up it, it, it will I promise you that whether it's good music good movies, good stories, good video games. If you just do it right the first time and don't half-ass it and try to buy my attention for a year just so that you can sell me something else, 
then you will see the results that you and I are both looking for, okay? I mean, hate it or love it, have whatever gripes you have. That's why something like a Grand Theft Auto V, which has thrived on online mode, and that's a whole different conversation, I get that. But think about that game. That game's been out for years now. It's been on multiple different consoles and generations because it took so much time to put in that game and it shows and it's able to age well you know so i'm just saying that get it right the first time don't do it out of greed try to make a good product and if you are like me and you're not a big fan of the way modern sports games are then let's make a change with it okay you have plenty of options there's no reason that you have to go to your local Walmart, GameStop, order the next Madden or, or 2K on Amazon, whatever and however you purchase these games. There's no reason you need to unless you absolutely want to. Now, if that's you and you like to, you like these games, you enjoy them, who am I to tell you any different? I'm just telling you from my experience that I've played better and it can be better. And just because it's 2020, doesn't mean that that game's better than something that came out in 2005 or 2004 just saying so anyways i know i went a little bit longer than i uh, than i intended uh, i just feel really passionate about this because i feel like it's changed so much and i think it's our duty if you're like me who's a 90s baby and we've played and seen these evolution uh of these games over so many years uh, to educate and, and, and let the younger generations know, like, this isn't really how it should be. You should be expecting more and wanting more, okay? And uh, so it kind of falls on us because they, they can't know any better if they don't know better. They never experience anything different, right? So anyways, with that all being said, thank you for letting me vent about that real quick. If you share any of my, my feelings uh, and my my gripes with the way things are with modern sports games, please let me know. And if you disagree, I would also love to hear that as well. Let's have that kind of conversation, okay? Uh, I, I am more than happy to indulge you in your opinion uh, in, in an intelligent, um, you know, calm conversation on whatever platform and however we can do that. But with that being said, look, Regardless, if you made it this far, I would assume that you are either one, a fan of sports, two, a fan of football, three, a fan of NCAA football, uh, or four, uh, a fan of video games, or just, uh, you know, someone who just happened to listen to this episode. Either way, I want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Uh, it was uh, really amazing to wake up today and see like, oh wow, July 9th, this was the seven year anniversary of when the last NCAA 14 dropped and just how much fun we've been having streaming NCAA 06 over on twitch.tv slash wondersoul. And also just recently this week, starting the race for Heisman, our race for the Heisman series featuring Jackie Daytona which is from What We Do in the Shadows. You guys need to check out that show, okay? Anyways, it's been a while since I did a solo episode. Uh, we're going to do these each and every other week, actually. Did I say that right? Every other week. That's what we're going to do. Uh, so um, I can't wait to 
talk more with you guys about some of these subjects that I'm pretty passionate about and, and excited to learn. I found out a lot of things about the history of NCAA that I didn't know and just uh, some of the details that I never took the time to indulge myself with. And I hope that you got something out of this episode. I encourage you to, in some way or another, find a copy of NCAA football or some of the classics and, and just you know play them, enjoy them. It's a, it's a fun trip down memory lane, and I'm telling you, these games still hold up today. And if you don't feel like doing that, but you still want to check it out, you can check a, a, our Dynasty of St. Cloud Bulldogs on Twitch. You can also check out um, the Race for Heisman on YouTube. And I mentioned uh, a handful of other content creators that provide NCAA-related content earlier in this episode. I really suggest that you check them out as well. A lot of them do a lot better job than I do. So... With that all finally being said, that's going to wrap episode 158 NCAA football. Um, the only other way I can think of ending this episode is with this. And uh, I know this is its probably going to upset a couple people, but it is what it is. So roll tide. Thank you for listening to Wonder Soul. Connect with the podcast through social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Search Wander Soul. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, and review. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate your support. Wander Soul hopes you have yourself a good day.